0: Welcome to The Cooks of It. A podcast for York Hospital Radio that previews and reviews the progress of York City Football Club.
1: Uh, North Riding Senior Cup Champions 23
0: 24, that's where we're finishing. How Oogler has managed to understand our fan base in war. The shortest period of time.
2: There is going to be a performing identity for our performers.
3: Welcome to the crux of it. A new season is finally upon us, and York City start their season. In optimistic fashion with a trip to Wheelstone this coming Saturday. York City with new owners in charge. Glenn Henderson out of the club and in come the Oogler family. I'd say much to the general delight of York City fans Matt making himself known very well amongst the uh, Minster Men faithful throughout pre-season. I'm joined today by our usual panel. We've got Paul, Jim, Ben, hi Paul, uh, Debo, And also Dan as well. This episode is going to be done in two parts. Dan's going to be joining us a bit later, replacing Jim and Ben. Uh, Obviously, everyone very excited about the new season, trying to fit in other things as well. So we'll start off then with the new takeover. The the Uckler family, like I mentioned, in charge now, owning 51% of the club. Supporters Trust still owning the remaining 49%. So Jim as we often do, let's come to you first. Do you want to give us a bit about uh, how that came about with uh, the Ugla family and any latest updates from the supporters trust that we need to be aware of?
2: Uh, well, we'll, well, we'll start with the Um So, they well, they've been in touch with us for, for quite some time, admittedly, not not necessarily directly. They had agents working for them, um, but they, were, they first made contact back in February. So, if anybody puts timelines together, they were Still interested in Yeovil at that point, um, but they became interested a bit more, kind of, obviously when Yeovil fell through, they became a lot more interested in New York City and um, put a formal bid, kind of, began to put a formal bid to us, um, kind of after, uh, after that uh, period where we were in control of, and once Glenn had taken charge of the sale process, um, but they engaged immediately the trust and engaged quite heavily with us, so, they went through the scrutiny process, which they didn't have to do at that point, uh, but they, they did that voluntarily. They wanted to do that. Um, the work that Alistair and Mike put in, doing the giving them all of the information from the club side on due diligence, I think, showed how important the, the work of the trust is. Um, but then they came and met with myself and Seth in the scrutiny panel, who we owe, as a fan base, we owe a huge amount of debt to, because they, they really have... Um, <laughs> Really gone to town on these bids whenever they, they had one put in front of them, um, and when the others kind of came in front of them, it was kind of early in the bid process, but they were impressive. They were impressive about how professional they wanted to be. Um, they were they impressed us with what they what they believed the football club could achieve, what they believed they could achieve with the football club, and um, and from there on, it was um, it, it became pretty clear that they were a, they were a really serious a viable option for the football club and, and one that would um definitely improve things which i think is the position we're in position we're in now and people have seen from uh, signings and pre-season that the, the football side of stuff they they they're not going to mess around with that um and what's really great from from my perspective as as um as a trust board member is how eager they are to engage with the trust um on not just footballing and being fans. You know, they want to engage with us about how the football club is run and how how things happen in the football club. So um, that's really exciting because that's not something that we've had for a very long time. And I think it's always going to be something that, as York City fans, we unfortunately have had our eyes trained to watch what happens in the background um, because we've never been able to, well, not not since I've been following them, never been able just to focus on what's happening on the pitch.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jim. So we go back 12 months and I guess the club was in a fairly similar position looking onwards and upwards. That turned out to be a bit of a false dawn in the end. We won't dwell too much on that. But Ben, let's move on to you. How are you feeling ahead of uh, the new season with the uh, new owners in charge? Are you optimistic or another false dawn? What do you reckon, Ben?
1: Um, I am quite optimistic about this ownership. Um, I've, I was optimistic about the last one, so I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more careful this time and not have, to like, say, another false storm. Um, don't want to get bitten again. But uh, he's put his money where his mouth is, I think it's fair to say. Um, he's backed up with what he wants to achieve. And I think this season, for me, it's more of a season of growing and just trying to progress ready for next season almost. He came in quite late in the... Uh, Sort of the transfer window, a lot of the business has already been doing, We'd signed up a lot of players from last season that we might not have kept, you know, if the ownership had gone through. Um, so I do think that this season is going to be one for me where I'd like to just make sure that we're, we're comfortably mid-table at the very least. Um, and then for next season or throughout the season, really start to push if if what Oogler's been saying is what he wants to achieve. Because um, it, it does feel at the minute, really positive. I can't wait for it to all come crashing down on Saturday at Wheelstone uh, when we lose 3-0. However, um, for now, I think, yeah, really upbeat. And it's probably the most I've been looking forward to a season since probably Gary Mills when we won at Wembley twice that start that season. Haven't looked forward to a season as
3: much as I have since that one. Yeah, as you touched on there, Ben, number of players through the through the door. Let's, let's put them uh, money where his mouth is. And... Uh, and no less than 13 players coming through uh, into the squad as well. Before we move on to those new signings, we'll get your thoughts on them shortly. Paul, uh, we'll bring in you. Uh, thanks for joining us, Paul. What What are your thoughts uh, on the, uh, the new ownership? Do they echo, Ben's?
0: Oh, my God. Just relief. Just intense relief. It's hard to think, like, you know, just going back, whatever it is, a couple of months... The situation we're in, the, all the talk about struggles for cash flow, the lack of budget we would presumably have had during the summer, I had us as maybe one of the fav- favourites for relegation, and there just wasn't, there wasn't the buzz about the club, and there wasn't that, like, how were we going to attract decent players when there was a lot of negativity that didn't seem to be much cash? And, of course, we were waiting for a buyer, which we... Which we didn't know we weren't sure was gonna come, you know there were you know bids that didn't happen um and it was it was worrying it was worrying to even think about you know I was worried about well are we gonna find the the cash just you know to get through the months, even back end of last season um huge, huge relief um fantastic, and not only that it's like. So far, it's the best people that that could have bought the club so far. How Oogler has managed to understand our fan base in what the shortest period of time, to understand what it is to be a York City fan, to understand what... And just to get us as fans, that was such a long, 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 long way. Um, I think we're in a great position. And, and I just think the... The main thing, as us as fans and for the Ooglers as owners, is just to remember that it is a long game as well. There will be um, peaks and troughs. There might, <laughs> there might be bad times. There might be, you know, um, some fans maybe getting on their back or whatever. And just remember it, it's a, a long game and just so grateful that we're going to the season and it is exciting it, it really is exciting we've got money, we've got dy- dynamic players, yeah, exciting
3: yeah, exciting next uh, step in the story to get those results on the pitch and 13 players, no fewer than 13 players brought in we've got a list of them here in front of me hopefully I haven't missed anybody out so we've got, coming through the doors, Dippo Akinyemi from A United, Levi Ando Finley Barnes Kevin Castro, Tyler Cordner, Callum Howell, Callum Harriet, Kevin Joshua, Thierry Lassie-Fairweather, Cedric Main, Xander Siziba, David Stockdale and Alex Woodyard. If I've missed anyone, then do let me know. Paul, I see you've been on on Twitter past a few days, giving you a lowdown on some of the players that's come through. Yeah. Which, of those players, which of those players for you is... Uh, the standout signing.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to, I've been trying to learn about them because there's so many there (laughs) coming through the doors. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of, let's say, exciting, dynamic, very athletic players um, coming in. Some of them, it's quite clear. Well, in my mind, it's quite clear that some of them are coming in more for kind of maybe like development or to be outside of the first team at a guess. Um, but a lot of excitement. The ones that excite me most is the ones at the back because we've always had, you know, the question marks about our defence. Cordner, Howe, Stockdale. <laughs> it's the most like impressive central defenders and keeper. Um, for me, it's the most impressive central defenders and keeper in the league, particularly Stockdale, and that's a pre oogler signing. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic, and that. That excites me. They're all they're all leaders as well. But um, and then I suppose you know you've got the there's lots of um, players who could set things alight if you like your Castros and your Akinjemi's Dipo Akinjemi. I feel I feel like, <laughs> bless, bless the guy. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders because we haven't really seen him play yet, and uh, he's like we're uh, already kind of. Pini, I hope he's going to be our key striker. Um, but, yeah, Castro, Akinemi, exciting players. And he is yeah, a lot a lot of potential.
3: Yeah, so a lot of athletic players. And a mix of backgrounds as well. The likes of David Stockdale, who's played in the Football League throughout his uh, long career. And then you've got the likes of Finley Barnes coming from a small village team in Suffolk. Uh Jim, let's move on to you. Out of the the massive squad that you called it uh, just before we started recording, <laughs> which of those uh players excites you? Which is do you think is going to be key ahead of the new season?
2: Yeah, I'm 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 quite similar to Paul. I think I think that that back three is is seriously impressive. I think what what's made me really happy is you can see from the the kind of players that that that, that have come in that we definitely clearly have a kind of a type and a um a, a recruitment policy in place. I think that's you know Matt has alluded to that, right? And, and having Stockdale as, as as a recruitment head of recruitment is going to help. But I think Paul said it earlier, they are all like all of the players that we brought in are athletic. They all look strong. They all look like they're gonna run for days and press and you know get in behind, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's what we've seen. Me and Paul sat together for the Borough game, didn't you, Paul? And Aye. the work our wing backs did, up and down and up and down against a, you know, good good side in in Middlesbrough was was really impressive. And um, I think if we if we have a game this season where our players are standing still and they're not really moving, I think you'll see some pretty agitated side mm-hmm. in because we are clearly going just after looking at how they what they look like. Uh, what they look like and how they seem to move and, and, and have been in pre-season, I think we're going to be really high-press, in-your-face, kind of athletic, you know, physically fit team. In terms of the actual favourite players, like, yeah, excited by the ones at the back. Um, I I really do quite like Castro. I think he played he, if I have to go back to that free kick for, for County, you know, but actually what else he did in that game, if we can get him near that, any level of consistency, well, alongside, you know, for me, alongside Pybus it begins to get really exciting in the middle of the park.
3: Yeah. Cheers, Jim. Ben, who stands out for you in that long list of new signings?
1: I think I'm very similar to Paul in terms of um, I'm a really big fan of that sort of like very central defensive area of Stockdale, Cordner, and how and I feel like. Uh, either Colin or Howe could be almost on that level of Dave McGurk, if we think about recent times, of just someone who's solid and consistent. And I'm really hoping they're not going to sort of end up being the signing that could have been, um, but I, it, they both seem both strong, athletic um, and experienced in this league, which is something I think we really need. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing Alex Woodyard. I think he could be... Um, signing we've not had in a while. I hope he's not going to end up letting us down again uh, in terms of, you know, so many times we see midfield players and we want them to control the midfield. Um, and hopefully the role he plays will be that man who can just be in front of corner and how I'm breaking up the play. Because um, I think that's where, you know, we, we, we've missed that sort of play for a long time our club, someone who's so effective at just breaking up play um, and preventing that happening. I'm excited to see Akin um, and I think he could either be a 25-goal-a-season scorer or out on loan at Bradford Park Avenue by October. Um, I think, but I, I'm hoping it's the former. And it does seem like a fantastic signing. I think the majority of them that we're expecting to be starting are actually quite good signings on paper. So hopefully Morton can turn them into um, ballers, I think is the term used nowadays.
3: Yeah. Ben, you reminded me there, I hadn't added a who's going to be on loan at Bradford Park Avenue by January. To so our list of uh, things to discuss tonight. I will add that on now. Uh, ben, staying Ethan with you. He's in uh, isn't it? Oh, Do we oh, need yeah. to ask
2: that question?
3: Definitely at Bradford Park Avenue. <laughs> not lower. I mean, okay. probably, I was, we, 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 who
2: was that one that Finlay Barnes came for? Do we have to send him back, back to Mumbat the
3: Send him to. back to Suffolk. Yeah, send him back to the village in Suffolk. Uh, ben, sticking with you, out of the current squad, who do you think is going to be key going into next season? The ones who've played on the likes of Ollie Dyson, etc. Uh, who do you think could really kick on for the second campaign in the National League?
1: It's hard to tell because uh, I've only seen uh, it was at Selby, Farsley, and Accrington. Um, but I like the look at Finley Barnes. I think I don't think he's going to kick on the season. He looks more like the developmental squad sort of player, but I think he could be. Um, very interesting in the future. He seems to have got a bit of pace about him and a bit of uh, noose okay. to be able to get through. Um, as Jim said, Castro, I think, um, on his day, he seems absolutely superb. And I think, uh, looking at it, he got injured at Gateshead quite early on and didn't get a good run of games. So it'll be interesting to see how he can keep on in this league once you know he gets a good run of games going. Um, and I think Kouya's an interesting one if we look at last season because he got injured uh, and then maybe we rushed him back a bit too quick and he didn't seem the same QER we knew, but with a fully fit pre-season, some even better players around him. And I think it'd be really interesting to see how Maz turns out this year um, and see how he can actually kick on and see if he can match the standards we expect.
3: Yeah. Paul, how about you from the existing proper players uh, the ones who were there at the end of last season. You in agreement with Ben, Maz you Excited to see how he gets on this time round. Anyone else?
0: Yeah, I am, I think. Yeah. I, was, I remember yeah. I was mentioning, yeah. went to one of the friendlies, when one of the friendlies was with Dan, and Dan asked me kind of before, you know, what do you think of a City team? And I was like, well, you know, um, so-so. And I was judging it on the players we've brought in. But then that friendly, he gave Kuya 90 minutes and he seemed bit and seemed to be, you know, back to his kind of, some of his trick. And I thought, wow. And that start, then I started getting more kind of excited about some of the players we had got, you know, Pibus, if Pibus could start like he started last season. Um Though I think those two, they were, they were key to the first half of last season. They could be key to the start of this season as well.
3: Yeah. And finally, Jim, how about you? Any of the, uh, Current crop of so, squad, the existing squad. You want to see kick on going into next season or this coming season?
2: Yes, I, I'm going to go for a bit of a controversy. What I, I think this is a massive season for Ollie Dyson. So, it, it, what he's been here just over a season, a bit now, two seasons from so that. And the first season he was kind of a bit of a bit part player. Last season he was he was really good. I mean, he was what? He player of the season last season. Consistency, probably our most consistent player. Let's be honest. Personally, I think that that is that is Ollie Dyson's best season, and I think that's what, what he's, I think that's his ability, right? But he's got to do it again, and I think that's quite a big ask for him. I, there's players that will excite us, have the potential to excite us far, far more. Kieran's been mentioned, Castro, the others as well. But for me, Dyson playing like he did last season in a midfield with better players. In, and you know that I give that Hidus has to have a season like we started, but better players around him. If Dyson has a good a season as he did last season in a better team, that makes a big difference to us. And actually, can, can he do it? I think we've got to so we've got to see whether
0: he can do it. It's like a lot of players they need to kind of raise that game. I mean, we love we love Dyson and we love Hancock because of what they have given for us, and especially through all that promotion is fantastic, but the team before we made these new signings was a team that just about dodged relegation. That in my sense. Mm. So they've got, they've got to, yeah, oh. you know, that's all those players got to raise their game, right? And,
2: and I think that a big part of dodging relegation was some of those players being consistently at a level. And, and Oli Dyson was one of those. But he wasn't consistent. the season we got promoted, he wasn't consistent. He wasn't consistently there. We had the good one towards the end, but Dyson was one of the ones that, really was inconsistent in the middle of the park and, and relied on I feel right, helping him out every so often. So to me, but to me, so, so and I am harsh on, I think I'm harsh on Dyson, but he's been given a long, he's been given an extended contract Um, he had a great season last season but he has to do it again
3: to me. Yeah, talking of being harsh on Dyson, we've got Debo joining us in about 10, 15 minutes time. <laughs> so, we're uh, so, uh see what he's got to say about that. Thanks for bringing that up, Jim. So uh Jim Ben, we've got about ten minutes left with with you both. So we'll start getting towards your uh your crux of it predictions. I want your player of the season your yeah, prediction for York City's uh position in the table at the end of the season. Before we move on to that, we'll just quickly touch on the other teams in National League to look out for. Uh Ben, who do you think in the National League this season's uh, gonna do well? Anyone gonna spring up a surprise in your eyes?
1: I don't think they're gonna win the league, but I think Gates are gonna be uh much more up there this year. Everyone's mentioning Chesterfield, but I'm not so sure. Uh, and then it's a case of sort of like yeah, Hartley Paul and Rochdale, can they sort of build a squad and bounce back, you know, Hartley Paul, and Duraski? Can he um you know do what he did with Macclesfield or do what he was doing at the start of the season with us with uh, Hartlepool from the off? Um so it'll be really interesting to see those sort of sides, really, I think. And then down at the bottom, uh, I'm personally interested in Dorking, just to see if they can avoid a second season syndrome, um, just to see how they you know, get on. But otherwise, I think uh, it'll be sort of Chesterfield up near the top. Um, but it's anyone, really. It's anyone's game.
3: Yeah, quite an open National League this season, you would suggest. Jim, how about your Other teams in the
2: National League? Anyone you yeah
3: looking forward to seeing, not looking
2: forward to playing. I think I think as Ben mentioned, really, there's, there's some obvious names in there: the Chesterfield, the Oldham's, all of those kind of lot should be, but should be there. But you you know you don't know until it all starts, yeah. And um, I think we will all have an eye on End. not for any positive reason or any negative relegation reason, but are they going to get past the end of the month? Are they going to get past? Christmas where what really happened you hear positive noises and you hear negative noises obviously uh, we, the trust got a little bit closer to them in the last kind of few weeks but i'm interested to see what happens because that that has the potential to kind of put a spanner in the works yes you know, unfortunately if they were to disappear if they start games what does that mean what what happens where are we going with that um so i think that that's a potential spanner and i hope they get there, i hope to be honest I hope we all get down there in what is it? it hope you really away game for South End? Something like that. Um, you know, I, I hope we all get to go down there. And I hope they all get to come up as well. So uh, yeah, but yeah, that, unfortunately they're not they're not ones to be keeping eye for the right reason. Um, but I'll be keeping an eye on
3: Yeah. Quick shout out to any uh South end fans listening uh, hopefully you'll get to a see your team play this weekend. I think they've got the green lights play this weekend at least. So, uh, all the best for that one. Paul, how about you? Other teams in the National League?
0: Um, Ben mentioned Gateshead. Gateshead. Fantastic second half of last season. They When they play, played us Boxing Day, I think that was like the start of a turnaround. And I felt they were, apart from Notts County, I felt they were the best team to come to LNER last season. Um. And they've lost some of, you know, some of them like um, Bailey and, and, but they've they still got Greg Ollie, and they've still got. I looked at their squad the other day, and I thought they've still got a lot of good players and a lot of players who were with them back end of last season. So yeah, they are my dark horses, and the teams, to be honest, the teams that get it right in the National League every single season. You know, your are Woods, <laughs> you know, get dismissed, Boreham Woods. Um, and I think, you know, winning, it's got to be Chesterfield. they very much the clear favourites for the National League title this season. Can I just interject with something that you said, Jim, that's just e- eaten with me a little bit, because I, I find this interesting, right? So from our signings, right, some of the players we've signed, and I look at it and I look at their records, you know, on paper and where they've been. And okay, maybe development style players, but there's nothing in a look and there's nothing that shows. So I'm going back to what you said on do you think that a lot of players, the main thing, it's not to do with the record, or whether it's we're looking are we looking to sign a certain type of player? Is that what's going on?
2: I, I, if you look at the players that we signed, I think you can. I, I mean, this, this is an opinion, I, I, I don't know. I don't know know what that is, but certainly kind of what Matt's are just hinted towards in his interviews. I think they've got a plan of how they want to play football. So if you look at some, if you, you know, if you go to big teams, you look at someone like Brighton or um, Brentford are the ones that do it big style, aren't they? So they have a they have a core like theory of how they want to play football. And they recruit to that, and that's why when you look at Brighton when Chelsea come and buy half their recruitment team, managers squad, whatever, they've got that conveyor belt effectively of development squads, and they know who they're going to go and recruit because they're recruiting to a, a, a like a football theory right And I think if you look at our players, you know you look at all of the fullbacks we signed, for example. Uh, they're going to be, up to me, they're all going to be overlapping fullbacks. All quick. They've all got a good, they all see, or seem to, well, what I've seen, have a good or, or, or pretty good cross on them. Um, they were all attacking. <laughs> you know, we, we haven't signed, uh, if you look at our centre, you know, look at the centre-backs, they're all going to play the ball. They're all big. They're all strong. They're all quick. You look at the midfield players that they've got. Castro, big, quick, strong. He's clearly going to, he's clearly there to get around the pitch. You know, if he, if Castro stood still, he ain't going to be playing. That would be my view. And you look at the wingers that they've brought in. They're they're all quick. They can all get around the ball. They're all going to go in behind. They're all a bit tricky. I think there is a, there is a, this is my impression. It, It strikes me as very quickly. There is going to be a footballing identity for our football club, and that's really exciting because all of the teams that have done really well and punch above their weight in the league structure tend to have an identity. And if you go back through history, if you look at any major team, I bet every single one of us can talk about an identity for a football club or for a team, any you know legendary team that you can think of. So I think that's exciting, but I, I think that's what they're doing, I think. And, and when they, you know, they've talked about this development squad, right? Well, you, you, if you have a development squad and then you just buy random players for it, they're never going to get into a first team. You have to, you have to buy suitable players that are going to play in your first team. So having a progression, people talk about that, you know, progression through the development squads, but well, that only happens if they're going to fit the system into the next squad. Well, it only happens if the system's the same. So, that's my that's my interpretation of the signings that we brought in is there is a clear system with core values and that's what's going to be recruited
0: to. interesting something we were we were lacking I think before yeah
2: well, uh, well but you only have to look at our squad right I mean it's like over the years it, it's been messy I mean under 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 McGill I can't even work out in my head how many managers we had and they were it, it was old fashioned style of of lower league football, right? Manager comes in, manager's allowed to recruit and you end up with those mixed squads that you don't, you know, there isn't an identity and you've got some players from one manager, some players from the previous manager, some players from the new manager and nothing connecting them together. And and you got to turn it out. And, and that's, yeah, to me, that's exciting because that's that nice. is. How I would want a football club run, especially when you look at look around the successful ones everywhere. You can pretty clearly put an identity to, and it's not re- and, and successful clubs. It's not just an identity in the first team; it's an identity that goes right the way through the club.
3: Love it. Talking of identity and leadership, something else I've thought of, which will just. Quickly brush on before I get uh, Ben and Gin's predictions for the season. Mickey Mawson in charge of the team as manager. The right call cool to stick with him as manager, Paul. What do you think? Do you think he's the, the right man to
0: lead York City forward? Yeah, the... yeah, I think, I think he is. I mean, I've grown to love him because, again, he's kind of one of us. He's a real local lad. I also think that. It's good the way he seems. Seems to have gelled, you know, with Oogler and the team. Obviously, you know, not all managers, you know, when owners coming in and they've got their own ideas, not all managers would roll with that. Seems on the same page, which is a biggie. Um, and also, I think he absolutely deserved. I mean, he kept us up. We could have gone down, you know. Sounds silly, but those 2-1 wins against Yeovil and Dorking were two huge games that kind of, you know, saved our season. had on the uh, away against Chesterfield, so yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, Ben, are you in agreement? Are you happy to see
3: him remain at the helm?
1: Yeah, he got some big wins didn't he last year? Um, which in crucial points, like as Paul said, you know, against Yeovil, Dorking, even like then so beating high-flying Barn in Chesterfield. Um, so, I don't have an issue with him staying at all. And I'm quite excited, given the, for Mikey's interviews, that uh, last year he said he wanted to play a different style of football. I think we've seen that sort of come out in the friendlies a bit. So, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he goes from... it's make or break time for him, really, in this league. You know, he is going to be playing his own style of football now. There's no blaming David Webb. There's no blaming John Askey. Uh, you can't really blame the ownership anymore because um, we've got the funding now. Although I'm sure part of it's like Stockdale and Nuggler all in agreement with Mikey. It is Mikey's squad pretty much now. And I'm sure the side we will be seeing on Saturday at Willstone won't be too far from the one he'd probably buy anyway. You know, it'd, it'd be sort of the squad he'd probably choose to have out. So I'm really excited to see how he deals with this season and I, I really hope it, it all goes well because I'd love love to be champions um, so yeah, we'll see what happens but I'm, I'm really interested, I hope it does go well for him.
3: Talking of loving to be champions then Ben, let's get your prediction where are you obviously going to finish this season?
1: Uh, North Riding Senior Cup champions 23-24, that's where we're finishing but in the league, I'm going to go for ninth, I think as Paul said at the start, there's going to be down points it is a massive transitional season um, players have Come in late, Um, and like we say, you know, Howe and Cordner may have already got slight slight tweaks in injuries. Um, So I'm going to go for ninth, I think, this year. And uh, but playoffs aren't too far to reach. I think anything below 14 questions need to be asked. but, yeah, I think ninth, and I'll be happy with mid-table mediocrity this year. Yeah.
3: And uh, player of the season as well?
1: Uh, I'm going to go for Callum Howe. I think he's going to be a real leader for us at the back. And I think we'll really tighten up at the back. And uh, if we go on the history of York City fans, we tend to vote for defensive players as player of the season. Um, so I'm going to go for Callum Howe this year.
3: Brilliant. Thanks, Ben, and thanks for joining us as ever. We'll get Dan and Deborah in shortly, but before we go there, uh, Jim, let's get the same from you. Let's start with your prediction for York City's final position at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I, I'll go a little bit braver than Ben. I think I'm going to go playoffs. So, what's what, that? I, I think it'll be seventh to fourth. I don't see us pushing top three just yet, um, but I think it's that's that, that's the direction it's going, and I think. Given the reported money spent, um, if we're not pushing playoffs straight away, I'd be a bit disappointed, I think, if I'm honest. I think, you know, we've brought in a squad, we've paid money for a few players, supposedly. So I think, I think playoffs. um, But I will be really, I I think you'll probably listen because I get the impression from Matt that he does quite a lot. So I'm going to actually go into I'd be really disappointed if we don't play strongly in the North East Rally Senior mm-hmm. Cup. I think um, if we're going to... Make it, hopefully, with any luck, this will be our last season playing in it for a while. So, you know, just go all out and everything. That FA Trophy and a, and a playoff win would be heck of an end to a season, wouldn't it? Absolutely.
3: And you're a player of the season, Jim?
2: Um. So... Player of the season. I, if I'm honest, I'll be very surprised if David Stockdale doesn't get it, because um, I think Stocky will clean up in a lot of in a lot of different ways. Hopefully, not having to clean up too often on the pitch. But I think he'll clean up on those. I think, but I think most exciting, the one that we'll all go, yeah, but he was really good. I'm gonna go for Maz. I think Maz might, have, I think Maz might surprise us while the old card really showing, showing people what he can do.
3: Maz Kouya, Callum Howe. first two shots for player of the season. We've got ninth and what, No, hang
2: on. No, Player of the season voted by fans will be David Stockdale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it will be David Stockdale but I think Maz will have a great season.
3: Okay, David Stockdale and Callum Howe then. The two shots over far. Paul, I'll get yours at the end but Jim and Ben, thanks for joining us as ever. You're listening to The crux of It here. Uh, York Hospital Radio. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back for part two shortly. Welcome to the second part of The Crooks of It. I'm delighted to be joined now by Dan and Debo. Welcome, chaps. Thanks for joining us. Paul's still with us as well. We'll get Paul's end of uh, season predictions a bit later on. But let's bring in Dan. Dan, let's get your thoughts then on the uh, new takeover. How are you feeling now with the uh, Uglers in charge, as positive as everyone else has been? So far, you've obviously interviewed him. Um, what kind of vibe did you get off off Matt?
4: A really good one. Um, I think it was, you know, I was privileged to be able to do that interview. Um so at the time, it, it I think we were the first sort of media outlet that he'd spoken to, which which was nice, um, and it, it, and it was kind of at that moment in time. I think some of the fans were a little bit, I won't say divided, but I think there was some sort of concerns. So at that point, we hadn't made any of the sort of major signings; they'd all been quite young players at the time, and it and it was kind of there was a few kind of digs from the Oval fans here and there. But I think Matt was very articulate, explained his kind of leadership, what what he was bringing to the club. And I think it just reassured everyone, you know, and obviously sat across, across the room from him was, was really nice kind of being that position to hear it firsthand and then putting it out and for so many people to listen and, and kind of be reassured was, it was nice. It felt like kind of hospital radio contributed a little bit to, to kind of that um, reassuring the supporter base. And then I've not really had any, any kind of communication with Matt since then, to be fair. Um, but he's communicated so much with the whole fan base that, that everyone sort of seems to have been able to have a chat with Matt. And, you know, he's very, very approachable. And, and I think so far, I don't think I could find any fault in his ownership. Everything he said to me on that night, um, including stuff that he said off air, has, has pretty much come true. So so kind of I'm, I'm fully behind the Oogler family and, and really excited for the season ahead.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a change of a uh, change of times at York City, hasn't it? End of last season finished on a bit of a bit of a downer, and then uh, definitely looking forward now. Debo, let's bring you in. I'm sure many of our regular listeners will want to know what you've got to hear about the uh, the new owners. So go on. Let's uh, let's hear about it, then, Debo. How, how are you feeling ahead of the new season?
5: Uh, yeah, feel uh, feel pretty good for <laughs> once. Um. Uh, i would just get on dan's point there around um the sort of mixed emotions mixed feelings when when he when uh, they first took over i mean you know you you, you can understand it. they've obviously gone to try to take over Yeovil. it's not worked out um and you got our concerns um but at the end of the day that they, they've come in and you know what for new owners what more can you ask for? They come in, they're obviously they're spending money, spending their own money Um, we're buying we seem to be buying quality players I I don't often remember opposition players, very rarely remember opposition players, um, and especially by name as well Um, but the ones that really stand out the the really good ones, at any level we play, I'll I'll recognise that player if I see him again and as soon as we signed, how as soon so as I saw a picture of him, I just thought, oh, brilliant! Because I just remember him. I just remember how good he was. And uh, that just when we signed him, I was just like, oh, we're onto we're onto on some here. Um, that gave me a lot of sort of faith in uh, in the new owners. Um, and then yeah, there's other signings coming in. The lads from Aldershot. Uh, the left from Scotland who um, championship clubs were apparently after and stuff um, just seen some really good signings don't they um, and also as well some of the uh, some of the work they've done in terms of commerci- commercially and they have got involved already as well, that's promising I mean I've I've always said this about any, any new owner of the football club, no matter who they are no matter how much money they've got I want an owner that's going to make sure that they are prioritising the commercial aspects of the football club because it's so important. It's so important that this football club gets itself into a position where it can be self-sustainable so that, you know, if they were to walk away for any reason, or new owners, that there there are things in place that haven't been there, or certainly haven't been at this football club for a long, long time and I'm not a business expert, so I'm not going to go into all that because I'm not but, you know, um, I think we can all sort of We've all got a little bit of understanding of what's needed commercially. And um, yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good about it for once. And uh, it's sort of, uh, it, it's nice to be feeling nice.
3: Yeah, let's get on to the new squad then. You mentioned a few names that have cropped up, obviously, earlier in the show. We went through the 13 new players that joined us. You mentioned there Hal, who I believe he was man of the match against York City in uh, one of the games against Solihull last season. What about the other new players? Anyone particularly stand out for you who think can make a real difference? Earlier, we heard from Jim and Ben, I think Castro has mentioned, Cordner as well. Uh, ben, looking forward to see Alex Woodyard. How about you, of the new players, Debo?
5: Again, another thing I always say, and I, I believe strongly in, and I, I always sort of feel like I've sort of been proven right about this, is that we'll we'll find out about this squad of players. We'll know everything about them. By about the, the end of October, I feel like it's a really good measuring stick, and you know the, there are some other good signings, obviously, like you say. Good um, yard, obviously, sounds good, and you know we know what uh, what Castro did for for not last last season, and um, that free kick was obviously unbelievable. Um, as as I say, I don't I don't tend to remember players all that well unless they really do stand out, um, but on paper. You know, we we sound like we've made, we've made some really good, strong signings. Um, but as I say, we'll 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 know by the end of October. We knew, like, if you go back last season, end of October, we knew what we were by that point. We knew what that squad was about. It it was it was mid to tenth. You know, if 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 we hadn't have had all the nonsense that that happened after that, that squad of players for me would have. Would have finished somewhere between 10 to 12, and it would have been a comfortable season. Uh, and obviously, we all know what went on, and uh, it is, you know, don't really want to go back over that. But yeah, it's, uh, I think you get a good measuring stick, and I think all teams do. And then, you know, teams will start to, they need to make improvements to will and, um, and stuff sort of leading on to Christmas and stuff like that into January. Um, so yeah, uh, all in all, some of the you know the other signings, you know, they sound good. Woodyard sounds, you know, he, he sounds like somebody that we want and need in middle midfield, like that leader, someone who um, you know has got a bit of quality about him as well. Um, and he sounds, you know, he, he does on paper sound a, a really good signing, you know. But we'll we'll see. I mean, I think was he was he Wimbledon's play of the year, not last year, but the season before, I think. Um yeah, I
1: believe so. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Captain League um, One team as well, fairly recently. Right. So he's got good experience. Uh, he's, yeah, he's obviously got quality. And and the thing is as well, another thing is, and, and this one, I remember talking to my dad about this, about when, when they first took over, is I wanted to see players coming in from the leagues above. Because if we're in a position where this year, for example, where I don't believe we have to worry about financial fair play from a a wages point of view or anything like that so I believe some of these players are going to be on very good wages this year Um if we can attract higher level players paying them a bit more than we normally would but that's what's going to get them in then you're going to have that quality and uh, so yeah sounds good but as I say you know um, some of these players you know like Woodyard I, c- I can't remember him but um, he sounds good so we'll, we'll see what they're about and as I say by the end of October we'll know what they're about. And patience required, perhaps, for this new squad gel. Dan, let's bring
3: you in on the new signings then. Who's who stood out for you? A mix of experience in those signings, really, aren't they? We've got the likes, as Deborah said, they're Woodyard, who's uh, played for AFC Wimbledon. Uh, but then we've got players the likes of Kevin Joshua, who don't have much pedigree, likes of Cedric Main, who's not got a great goal-scoring record. It's a bit of a, a, a mixed, unusual bag. There's some very good signings in there, some... Unknown as well. Who, who do you reckon uh, stand out for the men this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's just that many, isn't there? That, that it, it's going to be interesting to see how it how they all gel together. Uh, and I think I'll come on to that when we talk about our kind of predictions for the season ahead. Um, lots of quality players, like Debo said. You know, when you sign in, pretty much the two best centre halves in the league. Um, you know that that's that's exciting because we conceded a lot of goals last last year. Uh, and even behind, if you get beyond, if teams can get beyond the best two centre halves in the league, we've got a keeper who's who's played at the very highest level behind them. You know, so we've addressed that, which was a, a real concern last season. Um, I mean, I only went to one pre-season. I don't really like pre-season games. I kind of said this in the past when we've done these preview shows. I went to the Middlesbrough game, and I must admit, I really really like the look of uh, Callum Harriott. I thought he looked. I mean, I'm I love a winger anyway, but he looked like he's got. So- you know so much pace, really skillful um you know him on one wing and and Kuyar on the other w- was really impressive, and then we've got other wingers as well who, who look just as good so so that, that that's exciting i mean you look at harriet's record he's he's played at a really really decent level up until a couple of years ago, some off the field issues um you know if we can get him back anywhere near to that sort of level of form, he could absolutely rip it up i think at the level that that he's playing at. Um, I I think Woodyard, you mentioned there. I didn't think there was as much of a fanfare about his signing as the other ones. And I thought that shows how far we've come under the new ownership. Because if we'd have signed Wimbledon's captain at the start of a window, I think everyone would have been cock-a-hoop. But because it sort of come after, um, you know, spending all the money on on, uh, Akinyemi and and the two centre-halves, I think it's almost like, all right, yeah, we've got Wimbledon's captain now. It's almost become... The complete opposite of what we were experiencing before. So all in all, it's just just really really exciting. And even people like Finley Barnes, if he doesn't come off this season, you know who knows? It might be we get a real player in there eighteen months down the line. You know, so there's, there's a real plan for the future as well.
3: Let's move on then to the existing squad. Players are there before this summer. We'll quickly touch on Ryan Whitley, who's gone out on loan to Scarborough again. Where do you see his future at York City, Dan? Do you think? That might be it, or do you think he's he'll be back again? Because with David Stockdale, I he's thirty-eight, thirty-nine, so he can't have long left in his career. Do you think Ryan Whitley has another chance amongst men in the future? He's 23, 24 now, so he's not as young as he used to be. What do you reckon?
4: Ryan needs to play games. I mean, that that's that's kind of, he he's been really unlucky in the fact that David Stockdale's got a history with York City. He feels like he wants to give something back. And he's, he's obviously got a really good relationship with Matt Oogler as well. So the the path for, for Ryan just isn't there at the minute. But unfortunately for him, there's only one shirt that he can play for. And, you know, David Stotterdale is going to be un- unbelievable at our level to get his calibre playing for us. But from Ryan's perspective, it's really unfortunate because he's had lots of games out on loan. He's proven himself at the, the leagues below. He got a chance to prove himself for York City last season. There were some games where, where he was a little bit shaky, or you know, maybe his distribution and stuff. But I think all in all, I think by the end of the season, I was pretty happy with Ryan. thought he played really, really well against Scunthorpe at home. He played out of his skin at Notts County away. You know, really kind of proved that he can play at that level. And I thought, actual fact, he's probably going to cement himself as a number one. You know, this is pre-ownership. And you thought we'd be quite happy with that. But when you can't turn down the... Opportunity to sign someone like David Stockdale, so, but from Ryan's point of view, he's got, he's got to move on. He can't sit on the bench again because he's he, like you say he's 24 and he's got he's got to be playing football. And Scarborough worked, I think works pretty well for all parties because if Stockdale is playing playing really well and decides he wants to carry on for another year, then Ryan might think, well, I'll move on at the end of the year because he's out of contract. Or Stocky might think, you know what, I like the recruitment stuff. I'm going to move off the pit off the pitch now. And then he brings Ryan through or Ryan gets another opportunity. So I think it actually works well for all parties at this moment in time.
3: What well, about the rest of the existing squad then? Who do you think will be key for York City next season? Jim brought up Ollie Dyson, obviously club man of the year last year, says this is Oli Dyson's time. This, this is where he really needs to shine in this
0: squad amongst a lot better players. I mean, the the beauty beauty of it
4: is, is that, you know, Oli Dyson, I think, has got a better year on year. I think even Debo would admit that. Um, You know, (laughs) he doesn't. um, You know, I I think think he's got a better year on year. But but ultimately now, there's competition for places in that midfield. I think Mitch Hancock said that in an interview as well recently, that, you know, some of those players would have probably just been a shoe in the last few years, even when we've not been playing well. Whereas now, you know, you look at the squad here, I'm just looking at, you know, Someone's got 36 on the back. You know, that's Ethan Henderson's even got a squad number. It's a big old squad, isn't it? I know some of them, will, I expect the likes of Burgess and Alex Hurst probably to move on. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of those players. There's probably going to be 10 players a week that aren't even going to be on the, on the bench. So whether it's Olly Dyson, whether it's Paddy, whether it's Mitch, where, Dan Pybus, whoever's playing in that midfield, they're going to need to play well because if they don't, there'll be other people wanting to come in. And if, if they don't impress... I'm sure Matt Oogler will want to go and buy someone who can. You know, he's not he's not here to mess about. So so these players, it's a big year for Ollie Dyson. I sort of agree with Jim, but it's a big year for all of them. They've all got to prove their place because otherwise they're going to get left behind.
3: Debo, what do you reckon to so that? Of the existing squad, doing you in agreement with Dan there that they all need to step up now? They've Now they've already got much better players surrounding them, more
5: competition. Who do you think needs to step up this season from the existing squad? Well, I'm, I'm I'm not in agreement about Dyson. I, I think he's got w- worse year on year, to be honest. Um, no, nah, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I've given him some ammo. Well, I certainly did a couple of years ago. I, it was, it was just at the time. It, it was just. I think he must have listened to this and uh, that gave him some motivation he needed. He has. And he, he was, um, it was quite important for us at times so that season, to be honest. Put some real shifts in it, Yeah. I, I was looking the other day and like, the size of the squad, I mean, it's massive, isn't it? Like, it's absolutely massive. And I think, um, I think it was something Paul said, and the amount of attackers that, players that are listed as attackers, uh, as opposed to midfielders, uh, well, I think, am I right? I think I can look back here. Um, yeah, the, the the amount of attackers in the squad. Let's have a look. Yeah, according to this, we've got more players down as forwards than midfielders. Um, we've got so many defenders. Um yeah, it's just uh, it, it's amazing really. I can't saw I can't really get my head around it in, in in one sense. Um and and it's almost like, you know, you think about players last season, you know, almost already forgetting about them and looking for out like for who's coming in and who, you know, who who's gonna do the business for us this year. Um I'd I'd like to see a personal preference is I'd just like I'd like to see QR do well. Um I'm a massive fan of him. He was so important in the promotion season. He was he was so good for us at the start last season. I think at one point before he got injured, he was just he seemed that he was either scoring or which like assisting or, or being heavily involved in everything, every goal we created. Yeah. And he when he came every, back,
0: every goal to yeah, goals, and, and,
5: and when he came back, he just he just never really got going, and he looked. He, and it sounds a bit harsh, but he looked quite weak when he came back. Like when he sort of takes shots and stuff like that, he didn't. He didn't seem to be able to generate any power in his shots, and the ball didn't like second corners and stuff. The ball never really seemed to get off the ground, and it really, really concerned me. So, um, but I just, you know, what he's capable of. He's got good skill. You know, he can. You can draw two or three opposition players because they need to do that, um, and then that creates gaps in you know, other areas. Um, so yeah, I'd um, I'd like to see him do well this season. Um, I'm certainly interested by by Finley Bands. I've not liked Dan, I'm not I'm not into pre season. Uh, I haven't been to any games. Um, my brother went to one game. He went to Middlesbrough game. And he was bored out of his head. Um but just I don't I don't like the non-competitive nature of him. Um I saw some highlights of the Borough game as well, and it was just pretty obvious Like nobody wanted to make a tackle and it's just it's not it's not it's not game football, is it? Um yeah, I mean in terms of players from last season and stuff, it'd be interesting to see what Pibers does this year. I was obviously very critical of him last season. At times he, he was fodder. Um, but whether or not he'll sort of take up a, a different role. I've got friends who feel that he can offer, if he plays in a more attacking role, he can offer a lot more than sort of sitting where he was sitting last season. And there was one or two times where he seemed to got forward and he, I remember him whipping a good ball in. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're on to the summit there. So, it would be interesting what goes on there. Paddy McLaughlin, what's he going to do this season? He's You know, he, he, he's not going anywhere, is he? And he felt like two years ago that he'd be a swan song, but there he was at the end of last season playing another pivotal part. Big goal at Chesterfield, big performance. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then there's Duckworth, obviously injury prone, but again, good for us last year. But so many defenders now, so much competition. Um, obviously, the centre-r spots, we know that he was going to do them. Um, I agree with Dan. I was actually thinking about that the other day. It's just like two very solid quality centre backs, it seems, which is just fantastic. because That's what you need. You need your spine to be good. Um, yeah, there's there's just a lot of competition, and players last year, if they want to play, they're gonna to have to perform. M- and maybe it might give them a little bit of motivation. Who knows? Um but yeah. Um, such a big squad, and like like Dan says gonna be a lot of players week in, week out, not gonna be on benches. Um so but just a point on Whitley, if you don't mind. I'm sort of sat on the fence with it really. I'm I'm disappointed because I want him there immediately if we need him. But he absolutely has to go out and play. And uh yeah, he looked he looked sort of strong towards the end of last season. Um bit if you know, a few moments before that, but uh I'm sure he's disappointed. So, yeah, he, he needs to go out. He needs to get game time. And at the end of the day, we're not sold him. He's sent out on loan and gets game time next season. You know, you know, could come back, and who knows, next summer. Stockdale might call it a day. And, and he's in, isn't he? And he's, and he's played and stuff. So, um, yeah. And just lastly, I suppose, just Lanell John Lewis. You just see what sort of role he plays. You know, took a lot of slack this, last season. No idea why. I know he did, well, maybe because he didn't score as many as people wanted him to do. Did an incredible job as that holding centre forward, um, holding the ball up, winning the ball, taking centre halves out the game. Um, so yeah, obviously now competition there. So how often he's going to play? I, I don't know, but, uh, it's just fucking nice to sort of be thinking about it from this perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably, without his goals last season, York City might
3: not even be in the National League going into this year, I guess, we could say. So, uh, season is fast approaching. Let's start heading then towards our predictions for York City at the end of the season. Paul, let's bring you back in. We've not heard from you for a while. So, Paul, all things considered, all uh, points uh, raised this evening. uh, Where do you feel York City are going to end the season in the National League? Consolidation oh
0: or a promotion push? Or oh my god. First of all, it's like so difficult. Like if anyone says if anyone says, oh we you know we spent all this money, we should be like, we should be in the like top two or three or whatever. Like there's no way of knowing because it's so unproven. The players are unproven. We've only really just got this new system in place and a new coaches and Oogler coming in and it's just so it's just so unknown I do I do think it's kind of like a long term venture it's so hard to predict but if I had to I'd say I think Chesterfield and Alden will be way ahead of the rest I think um, and then you've got you've got teams like Boren Wood, Barnett Woking who have had just established system for years and they've got it right for years and I I just think it's going to be so hard to just think we have an automatic right to be competing in that top five Um, having said that I think when you look at it, the signings we've made there's a lot of teams will probably I would like to think we're going to be better than there's still two or three part-time teams. The four teams that came up, I think will struggle just as, um, you know, just as the four teams struggled when they came up last season. Um, yeah. Dan said to me at the, when we were watching the Middlesbrough friendly, where, where you know, he said, like, do you think we can get in the playoffs? And at that time I said, I said, no, I think we're below it. But then, like on that day, that was the day we signed Dippo Front, obviously, we broke we broke the record fee, um, and also Kuya had ninety minutes that day. And I thought, right, if we've got you know Kuya back to how he is, and you start tallying up the number of players who you think actually you know we can make a challenge, um, so I'm going. I believe that we definitely should be aiming playoffs. We should be aiming playoffs and I'm going to predict that we will make it. But in seventh, I'm going to go for seventh.
3: Yeah, that's my prediction as well. I think late charge say, into yeah. end of the season, late charge into playoffs once a uh, squad is gelled. Dan, let's come back to you. Before I get your prediction for the end of the season position, something that I covered with. Um, Jim and Ben, I've not covered yet with you, is uh, the manager, Mickey Morton. Do you think he's the right man to lead the squad forward going to the beginning of the season?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feared for him a bit when when the new ownership came in because I think often new owners have ideas about what they want to do. I mean, certainly Matt had players in mind that he wanted to sign and there was all this, oh, well, these are the managers signings, all that sort of nonsense. But I think, you know, Matt Matt has been... Pretty impressed with um, with Mikey, and they seem to have got a pretty decent relationship. and I, And I think he's he's going to give him a go. I mean, it's a results business, so Mike, will be under no illusions if if we're sat in the bottom four at Christmas, he's not likely to be manager of York City anymore. But you know, I think he deserved his chance after last season. I mean, it was a very difficult situation to be in. He steadied the ship. There was all sorts of carnage going off off the pitch, and I think he always handled himself pretty well in interviews and stuff like that. and you know, he's got the club at heart. He, he went to watch them as a boy and stuff like that. So I, I felt, I think I said on our last episode that as a minimum, he needed to be sort of in charge of the academy, but having some sort of role at York City, the fact that he's been given the chance to implement his own playing style and, and methods and ideas on this team, it's great. I'm really happy for him.
3: Yeah. So let's get your end of season prediction then for positioning why is Dan, where the Minster going to end up.
4: Right. I, before I start, I know I always get giddy with these sort of sort of shows, and I always say, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll become champions and all that." However, uh, I'm, Dan,
3: Dan, before that, I need to get your prediction for the North Riding Senior
4: Cup. Yeah, literally couldn't care less. I'm different to Ben. Dif- Wired differently to Ben Robinson. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't see us not having a, a good season. I can't see us not pushing for for automatic. And and the reason why I'm saying that is because. The money that we've spent, no other clubs are spending that sort of level of cash that we're doing. You know, Matt Ogle's come in with a very, you know, uh, and and Stocky and, and Mikey Morton, they've come in with a very specific plan of what they're doing. They've gone out and got the best centre-backs in the league. They've gone out and obviously got got a keeper. They've got lots and lots of um, depth of the squad now. So, you know, if one player goes down, you know, Debo said there about, you know, if Duckworth is injured again, you know, got plenty of options there now to come in. We don't have to keep putting people in the wrong positions to sort of cover Um, we've also spent over 200 grand on a on a goal scorer so if he can replicate what he, he did in Scotland at that level which you would think he could based on the level he was playing at last year every every promotion winning team needs a goal scorer and we might well have one otherwise why are we spending 200 grand on him in the first place the momentum of the kind of feel-good factor Our crowds are fantastic and get really behind the team. So if we do get on a bit of a good run, like we did in the playoffs in National League North, you could see that carrying us. There's no Notts County or Wrexham in the league. So it's not like there's a a team there that you think, oh, well, they're definitely going to. I mean, people keep saying about Chesterfield. Yeah, I get it. You know, Paul Cook's a good manager. Will Griggs a good signing for them. But, you know, we beat them 3-1 at the end of last season. And that was with a completely different side. Um, I just think Matt Oogler isn't here to mess about. I don't think he's going to be wanting us to come mid-table. I really don't. Having met the guy and and kind of listened to his plans, yeah, he might settle for a season of transition, but I I just think he's more ambitious than that. I think he wants us to do... He stopped short of saying what his predictions were, but I think his idea is that we'll go up through the leagues and and we'll be sensible doing it. He isn't here to mess about. And all the other teams, you know, working. I I get what you're saying, Paul. They're well-organised and all that, but it's working. Do you know what I mean, they shouldn't really be giving any fear to a club like ours. You've got a, a football league history and and fantastic ownership behind us. You know, we did the double over them last season as well, and we did the double over Barnet, um, Oldham as well. Yeah, the big club and stuff like that. But I don't think anyone's got a given right this season. I, I think it's all there for Yorks if we can get on a good run. The only thing that's stopping me predicting champions is gelling because there's that many players. It might take time. Obviously, we've had an injury to Cordner as well. Obviously, you've got to have a little bit of luck in any promotion winning campaign. But I think if the stars align and we get on a bit of a roll and get off to a good start and the fixtures look pretty good at the start, then I just think, you know, there might not be any stopping us. But that might just be me being giddy like I normally am at this time of the year. So I'm going to go second or third, is my prediction.
0: But don't you think, Dan, like, because for me, like, that's what I I want. That's what I want to believe. But there's so many, like, unproven, unproven at this level. And also it's like the system we want to play. It's like, it's all new to us and it's all, it's all new. And it's all, we haven't, we haven't kind of got into it yet. Is not that
4: Yeah, but it's, can you not say that about lots of different teams? I, I just think we're scared as supporters that we just think naturally things are going to go wrong. But actual facts... I just think the feel-good factor um, and the quality of players that were signing. I, I just think that, you know, player for player and even even players like Dan Pibish, you know, when he was playing well last season, he was a really good player. But I think the lack of competition and, and the kind of, you know, the things that were going on off the field didn't didn't really help him. I don't think he, second half of the season, I just don't think he was there mentally and, um you know, but he's got a competition for his place this time, so I think that you know that should raise his game.
3: Great. Thanks, Dan. So, second or third, we've got there. Uh, Devo, let's move on to you. Let's get your uh, end of season positioning prediction for the Minster men. Optimistic as Dan, or a bit more cautious like the rest of the panel?
5: No, I, I think we'll finish in the playoffs. I expect us to finish in the playoffs. Um, I think it sort of comes down to a bit what depends it depends what the chairman wants to do really and what he really wants from the season. I I said when we came up, I would like and, and obviously that was on the you know when Henderson first took over, but I would like to see at that time as a, a, a three year plan if you like to um, to get in as being competitive to to go up to have a a realistic you know a realistic chance in year three. Um, you know, we obviously couldn't foresee what was going to happen last season. Um, and now, you know, we've got a new owner and who's, who's, who's willing to spend the cash. Um, for me, we, you know, we've come in, we've got all these players and stuff. It's great. Um, and I'm obviously, you know, really happy about it. But for me, we still don't have a manager. We haven't had, we haven't had a manager since, since November last year and yeah yeah like with martin like i'm i'm sure he's a great guy he seems a great guy um and it was a tough situation last season no doubt about that um but at the end of the day football and professional football is a ruthless industry and you have to be ruthless or you're not going to be successful so i certainly don't buy into this all god oh, give him a chance and blah, blah. he's had his chances before he was manager at Tadcaster. Um, and I believe he got fired from there. I want a manager, his football club, I want a proven manager. And I think with a better manager that I I would be saying top three. Um, uh, but with Mikey Martin. Even if he stays, I I think I think there's enough quality in there, um, players that we could uh we'll finish in the playoffs. it will be interesting to see what happens throughout the season, how we get on. Also what he wants to what what they want to do in terms of you know, At some point in the season, you know, normally in the past, we'd look to loan players if things weren't going well or we felt we needed better. Will we go out and buy players because we're in the position? So will 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 he want to do that? Um, So we're in a much stronger position as well to to make changes during the season. So a lot's going to rely on what he wants to do. I still think a a sort of well now a, a two year plan to get back in the football league is fair and realistic but I think I think we've signed enough quality players that we're going to be decent this season. Like, how many times have we seen it in National League or any lower sort of league where teams can be absolutely fodder one season and they can finish mid to lower end, they make a few signings in the summer and all of a sudden they go away and they win the league. I mean, I remember, I remember Dagenham doing it, I remember Aldershot doing it and they weren't making big money signings, they would just happen to get the right players in. Um no. and Knotts County are gone, Wrexham are gone, so it's not as tough. I don't know about Chesterfield, I don't know about Oldham, I don't care. Um, you know, if they're gonna be if they're gonna be a good season, they'll be good. Um but I think uh I think we've we've signed enough. I believe we're gonna have signed enough good players and we can do things, we can make changes throughout the course of the season, we're in a much stronger position that to for us this season to not finish in the playoffs would, would, yeah, would be ridiculous. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say playoffs, maybe fifth, sixth, something like that. But I think it depends on, on what they decide to do during the season and what happens with Martin. And like I say, I'm sure, he's a great guy. And yeah, tough position last year and obviously did so much for the football club. Um, but I'm sorry, you've got to be ruthless. And uh, for me, I want to see a better manager. From where's there? From Deborah, as
3: usual. Debra, you touched on the quality of the the squad. Let's move on then to our predictions for Player of the Season. Who's going to be a standout man at the LNER this year? Ah, uh,
5: sorry, sorry, I don't like this one. I never like this question. You ask it every year. Yeah. Um, who's going to be standout man?
4: Um, I, I'm but going to say, how how, how well you know.
5: would you add? I think I've, I'm expecting them to be really solid. I think we're going to have a solid spine, and they're going to be, they're you know they're they're going to be key. Um, so I'll say them. One of them too. Fair enough. Thanks, Debo. Paul, how about you? Have one
3: of one of the new players. I presume everyone so far has gone for one of the new players and then the
0: existing players. To yeah, stand out I am. And... I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one new player and one surprise. Existing player, right? Um, Stocky, I think um, Stockdale. I mean, he's still his quality is still a couple of leagues above, and even in the Fendies, you look at his distribution, and you know what he's capable of, and he's still got it. He's still got it. So Stock, he's going to be so so crucial to us. I think Stockdale. Um, but a more surprising one, and I was just thinking about this today, right? Because he's a player who is not in like he's not even in the starting eleven as you look at it, right? But I think he's got a big, big part to play in this season. Um his work rate's looking fantastic. He's looking up for it. He's looking like he's still got it. And that is the shop. Yeah? Because he's our right now he's our second striker. Who knows? He may go back to becoming our starting striker. He's gonna get more crosses coming in he's gonna get and I think he's still got it I think he's still got it um so yeah, so I think I think the shop will be the kind of hopefully uh surprise player of the season in the fact that I think he's still got even if he's coming off the bench and if he's whatever. I think he's still got 15 goals in him this season. That's my surprise. And uh, Stockdale, I think, if I had to guess a player of the season, um, yeah, Stocky.
3: David Stockdale seems to be the most popular choice so far from our panel. Last but not least, Dan, let's get to you. How about your player of the season? Who's he going to be?
4: No idea. I mean, I think it's so hard to predict, isn't it? But I just hope that when we get to the end of the season, that there's loads of players that you can think it could be clubman of the year. I think far too often than not, like last season, you kind of thought, ah, oh, yeah, probably Ollie Dyson. But you, even then, it wasn't a convincing argument. I think Oli probably deserved it. But then you were like, yeah, maybe John Lewis and... After that you you really struggle to find anyone that you thought was consistent. You saw, oh Fallfield had had a good spell here or what whereas really if you if you're having a good season you want there to be like five or six, seven players that you think or oh, any of them could get it, you know, whether it's whether it's one of the wingers who who comes up with quality assists week in, week out, whether it's Akin Yeah, he can get 20, 25 goals in his first year, whether Callum Howe or Cordner are just a rock at the back and they can you know, get a clean sheet record or whatever it might be. I just hope there's loads and loads of players um, vying for the Clubman of the Year, and if if that's the case, we'll we'll have done well, and we'll be up there. Yeah.
3: So you're going for Stockdale as well, or,
4: or if you want going to push see... me on it, yeah. I, know, I said Harriet it. tonight at the start of the, at the start of the yeah. program that that he's. Well, I was looking forward to seeing, so maybe he'll be the one. Yeah, he's got a good
3: pedigree indeed. Well. We'll start to wrap up there. Thank you very much to the panel for joining me today. My name's Chris and thank you to Paul, Dan, Debo, Jim and Ben. You've been listening to the Crux of it. York City kick-off their National League season away at Wheelstone on Saturday. Lots of optimism and excitement amongst the panel and amongst the the fan base in general. All of our panels predicting at least a top 10 finish. Uh, Expecting more indeed. So, Exciting times at York City. Thank you for joining us on the Crux of It a podcast in association with York Hospital Ball, which is linked to York Hospital Radio. If you do want to make a donation to York Hospital Radio, please visit www.justgiving.com forward slash York Hospital Radio. But we'll see you soon. Enjoy the game on Saturday for those who are heading down to London. Thanks for listening. Take care.